0: Today we're going to take a look at the massively popular comic book industry. Domestic sales of comics and graphic novels have been rising for years and with Hollywood doubling down on comic book franchises, we'll likely see even more growth this year. However, the industry is still largely dominated by two publishers, Marvel and DC Comics, who represent more than half of the industry sales. So how does an indie publisher stand out? How can they disrupt the industry? That's what I'm going to ask today's guest, Omar Spahi, founder of Awesome Comics. Omar comes from a successful real estate family who worked to make Santa Monica's Ocean Towers into one of Los Angeles' best and most exclusive properties. Though his dream has always been to publish a comic book. In 2001, he founded Awesome Comic and he partnered with some of the most successful comic book creators in the industry. Welcome to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett.
1: He's one of the world's most respected business experts, Jeffrey Hazelet.
0: I want to take you behind the scenes on what's happening in business today. And whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, we're going to find out the secrets behind their success.
1: This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts.
0: Hey, first question right off the bat. You know, I, I look at the background, Omar, of everything you've done and of course I did the big intro coming up to this and I see real estate and comics. So which one do you like more? Real estate or comics?
2: Wow, that's that is a very <laughs> loaded question right off the bat. I I love both and I'm so passionate about both of them. Yeah. So it's it's something that's so bizarre because I grew up with real estate as a background. Yeah. And I always was around it. I I put in more than my ten thousand hours already in, in ten years and it's it's always been part of my dna but comic books has been my passion it's what i do in my off time and i just apparently can't stop working and i just continue to to do it even when i'm not you know when i'm not working i'm still working yeah so
0: it, it's kind of it's interesting to, to read their background and talk you know because your dad uh, what immigrated here from egypt and then you Correct. guys have just i mean it's a rags to riches and then i'll say to to rags to riches story, because, you you know, it's not all good when it comes to, you know, when, when it comes to business and, you know, especially with real estate, sometimes good, sometimes bad, right?
2: Exactly. You know, I, uh, there's something that's really interesting. A lot of people take financial failure very difficultly, and they say, oh, I'm never going to recover. It's not going to be, it's not something we can recover from. But the reality of it is we have the mind and the mind is the most powerful thing because money can come and go but the mind has the ability to always create more money create more wealth create more value
0: all the and time that's something
2: that I always found and sounds found so fascinating
0: yeah you know and a lot of people forget that you know I, I look at a lot of real estate guys that have done well and and done not so well but uh, they in the end they always pretty much do pretty good and i look i dab on real estate i bought buildings sold buildings uh, buy farmland and, and, but i tell you the real estate's always given me the base to be able to go off and do the other things is that where you got your base from as well i mean when you start absolutely. up a comic book company and those kinds of things
2: absolutely i take my passion in real estate and i translate it to comic books now i also try to do things in a very business way because my goal is always to create and build more i want to go more and i see the success that these these companies like Marvel is having, like yeah. DC Comics is having, with these amazing branded characters. The Walking Dead, for example, all of these characters have kind of taken a life of their own, and they've become today's mythological creatures. Yeah. You know, they've become today's today's Greek gods.
0: Yeah, it's so, it's the it's new stuff that you can So come up with a name. O S S M, which stands for Awesome. Which I gotta. Which to me, hey, come on, that's that's freaking awesome in itself. <laughs> you know, to play on that. But it's a play. It's gotta be a play on your name, right?
2: That's it. Yeah. Omar Spahi Santa Monica.
0: Is that oh Santa Monica? I, I was trying to figure out what the SM. I didn't wasn't sure what SM uh, <laughs> what the SM stood for, but Santa Monica makes more sense because you've got some. That's your roots out there now, right? But you got you got some stuff in New York though too, right?
2: Yeah, I was born in New York, yeah. and but I grew up here in, in Santa Monica, and I go back and forth frequently, but my Santa Monica is my home base. I went to to school here, everything here for me was in Santa Monica.
0: So that's that's really that's really home, right?
2: It really
0: is. Yeah, and you've had some really cool things. I saw that you got the million-dollar listing feature on your property, Ocean Towers. I don't know where Ocean Towers is. Where's that at in Santa Monica?
2: It's right on the corner of San Vicente and Ocean. It's about a mile away from the 3rd Street Promenade. It's Uh, the perfect location in all of Santa Monica. Yeah, of course you'd say that.
0: You'd say that. Come (laughs) on. (laughs)
2: I'm serious about it, though, because we are the exact right distance away that we can have the privacy that everyone wants yeah. and at the same time be close enough where you have all the amenities. And to top it all off, we're right on, right next to the beach so that you can't, you can't beat that.
0: No, you can't beat that. And I love that area. It's <laughs> just a beautiful area. I usually stay down the street a little bit at the Ritz when I'm down there. Um, oh, beautiful. Yeah, I love that property down at uh, Marina Del Mar. And, in fact, yeah. we've held some of our C-suite events down there, which is really cool. So so talk to yeah. me about, uh, you know, why? And why would you get involved when you had something so stable? Quite frankly, real estate's fairly stable. You know, it's it got up and down without question. But you know, by and large, you buy a piece of property, it ain't going away. So, um, why would you get into the comic book side of the thing?
2: So that's a that's a question that's really interesting. Number one is I love it. Mm-hmm. It's something that it, when I'm not working, I'm reading comic books. I'm watching a comic book movie. I I love the culture. I love what it's about and the the value there can, is so huge. It's one of the few industries where you can create a character or create a, a series and have it take on a life of its own, and it can go past, you know, if you talk about legacy, which is really one of my ultimate goals, it's something that can go past us. It can, you know, you can you can look at George Lucas, for example, creating Star Wars. He sold it to Disney for, mm-hmm. I think, $4 billion, and he he got, you know, he felt like he created something and got a big payday out of it, but in the reality, He got, the most valuable thing he got was his legacy to live on. He got something that this is going to go on for for generations and generations as something that is going to be huge, something that could potentially change the world.
0: And you think this is it? You think these properties that you're building is it?
2: Absolutely. I think with, with the right branding in place and the right marketing, it has to do, there's a formula to me that is going to explain exactly how comic books take a life of their own, because a lot of people go out there, and if you've ever been to a comic book convention, a lot of people come at you and say, hey, check out my new book, you know, I just finished it, it's one issue, and there's not much there, there's not a lot of substance to it, they just have an idea, they get it onto paper, and they think, oh, okay, now I want to go and and be the next, uh, you know, Captain America, the next Batman, and it doesn't work like that.
0: Omar, you, you got you you said if if you if I've ever been to a comic book convention, you think I've been to a comic book convention? That's probably not. They're huge happen. now. They, I, I wouldn't <laughs> they are concerned. huge. No, I I get it from that perspective, but I'm not. You know, I'm not the demographics for that. I'm not the kind of guy that does that. <laughs> um, you know, but but I have guys my age that are huge into that. I have guys that are friends of mine that they go to every comic con there is, and and I, I would... and I've been to the you know around the facilities when they've had them, but I've never gone to that kind of stuff so let me ask you because i this is i don't know something about this i how relevant is the comic book industry today
2: uh the comic book industry is more relevant than ever yeah it's really booming and growing at an alarming rate we had the most guests at new york comic-con this year which is the biggest show now it's actually surpassed san diego is it bigger than than san diego it's moved to be become bigger than San Diego. It's over 200,000 people. Yeah. When and, I, and when, I By the way, there. when they had
0: that in New York, I actually thought the guys from Times Square had spilled out into the streets. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> they have the characters <laughs> yeah. that dress up in Times Squares, And all of a sudden, I was seeing all these people walking around the city, and I'm going, what the hell's going on? And I thought they kicked them out of Times Square, but no, it was Comic-Con. It was going on.
2: I, I'd love to have you as my guest for Comic-Con this year. I'd love to have you come by. We're going to be set up right in the heart of Comic-Con. We're going to be right next to Marvel and DC. I don't think actually is on the show floor anymore, but we're going to be right next to Marvel. We're in the heart of the heart of the Comic-Con. Is it
0: at Javits? Is that where it normally is? Yeah, it's at yeah. Javits. Yeah, which is a big, big, big... Oh, I, you're game on, baby. I'm on. When, when is it? I, I, when <laughs> I is it. it? You'll
2: be surprised how much you'll recognize and how much you'll be entranced by all the things they have there. It's, yeah. kind of, it's surreal being there, and it's a fantastic business experience. Well.
0: I'm not dressing up, but I'll come. Okay. Fair enough. There's no no
2: pressure. Most people don't.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll come as a as a cowboy or something. Mate, hey, let me let me take a quick break and then I want to circle back. Uh we're trying to remember the date. Let me I stopped by my local Duncan this morning I tried out some of their delicious flavors. You know, they've got this new almond joy and heath flavors. I mean, this is freaking awesome. And so whether you enjoy America's favorite coffee piping hot or refreshing iced, you can mix and match several flavors. Um, yeah, you can even get the sweetened flavors like mocha and caramel swirl, and those they've got the several unsweetened flavors: blueberry, caramel, um, made with 100% arabic beans. That's unbelievable. Av- available in original blend, decaf, whatever you want. I'm a coffee drinker. Are you do you drink coffee at all, Omar? You know, I
2: do dabble in coffee. I'm not. I'm not huge into it. But I love Dunkin' Donuts. They're yeah. delicious.
0: It's good. Well, and they're in California now. I did a whole television show on the fact they were moving back out to California and yeah. to the West Coast. So uh, do you remember, when is the Comic-Con for New York coming?
2: It's coming up in the first two weeks of October.
0: Oh, Okay, done. I'm going to write it down. I'm writing it down right now. October. I'll give you the exact date. Yeah, we'll get it. All right. So So um, talk to me about with you know, Comic-Con growing and all the new Marvel and DC comic entities betting on each other. You know, how do you expect, so with, with, you know, those guys have been dominant, right? So how do you expect the newer companies like yourself, and there's a couple of other ones that are popping up, how do you you expect to compete with these guys?
2: Honestly, I believe there's a formula to anything in life. You know, whether it's, you know, you want to create a a marketing company, you want to create a, a brand for anything, I believe there's a formula to success. You take what the big guys have done, and you try to replicate it, and you try to grow and do beyond that. Try to do the things they're not doing. The stuff they're missing, you want to be hitting it on the head, and you want to be getting it right.
0: So what what are so, they what are they not doing?
2: So let me start with what they are doing. Okay. And what, what, what to me, is, has made them a little bit more successful. Cool. Number one, to me, they are doing, especially Marvel now and now DC, is they've created movies and TV shows yeah. to help brand their characters. Even So even if you're not picking up the comic book every week, they started in the, the early 1950s, the 1960s, and even if you're not picking them up every week, you're still getting bombarded with them on TV. You're still getting bombarded with them on uh, on in the movie theater. You're still getting bombarded with ads everywhere. So that's something they're fantastic at doing. They're branding themselves, and they're having a universe, whereas most movie experiences are a single movie experience. You go to the movies. You walk in. You see the movies, You got it. You got an emotional reaction, and you walk out. Mm-hmm. This becomes you. You're going well past into that where every movie is a sequel. So you're looking upon different stories and each one being self-contained, and but they all play into each other. They're all in the same world. They all deal with the same characters and b- pulling in different characters from different movies. And that to me really makes the whole fan experience and the emotional reaction amazing.
0: You know, I never thought of that, but they they really have created one first a franchise on the individual characters or the storylines right and then then what they're doing is then taking each of those franchises weaving them together and creating more of a platform so they're you know they're they're darting in and out so it pulls fans from both sides probably increasing their revenue exactly. Yeah. I'd be interested to know what the crossover would be on the percentages. So if you and cuz here I don't this is my ignorance of not knowing your industry as well, but let's let's give me give me a give me a DC character or DC comic that they normally do. Like Batman for example. Okay, so yeah, okay, and then Batman. Okay, so Batman and then he spills over and then all of a sudden Spider-Man shows up, right? So uh so th- I, they wouldn't it,
2: do that because DC and Marvel never crossover. So okay, Spartan so would oh, be Marvel. Yeah,
0: I blew it right there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's no problem. A lot of people make the mistake. There's yeah. nothing wrong with it, but it's funny because people say, "Where?" People come to me and say, "Hey, how come Batman's not in these? How come Spider-Man's?" No, you them? can't. Intellectual
0: property alone would kill you. they they'd hit you, right?
2: Exactly. They're billion dollar characters each now. Yeah. Each character is now worth over a billion dollars. But my the and point is I
0: I'd, I'd like to know the crossover between one franchise to the other on the same, you know, in the same platform. So for Marvel or DC it'd be interesting to know cuz they that'd be an interesting that's my marketing mind working. It's like when I did uh, the Seattle Sounders and they were also represented by the same management team that does the Seahawks what the you know what was the transfer of Seahawks fans to become Sounders fans it was actually very very low i thought it was going to be much higher and it was much lower
2: yeah it's it's funny because people kind of go to what they like you know and yeah. and so Seahawks have is uh, america's a football football country so the Sounders it's it's a little bit more different because a lot of people here if they like soccer they go to the european league yeah they think Europeans are the are the are the better better football they have all the best players they have all the attention on there on the champions league and everything like that yeah. so it's just a different demographic and you think the carryover would be more but that's the purpose of trying to grow it and, and build the brand and build the sport here in the u.s
0: yep exactly when the Sounders are done they pull more than most football teams do hey let me so that so that's what they're doing right which i think that's that's brilliant so they built this f- franchise build the, f- the platform and then they cross over with that you also mentioned the serial nature of it i like that so what aren't they doing right that you get to take advantage of
2: so if you want to look at it from – if you want to look at the world, you know, we are a very diverse world and a very diverse country. Marvel seems to have, a, a, you know, a very archetype of a hero. They don't have very many women. They don't have very many mm. uh, African-American protagonists. And so as a company, I always want to focus on diversity. I want to go in and say, it doesn't matter to me you know, what your race is because – that's the reality. It's not not everyone who's going to be successful is going to be a white male. Right. It's not. That's not the way the world works. There's, there's nor should more.
0: it work. One, it doesn't work that way. Nor should it work. That
2: exactly. Way. Yeah. And so that's something I really think I want to capitalize on and really bring that to light because personally. I feel, you know, like I'm a I'm a minority too because of my Egyptian background. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that's cool. And it's not the world isn't all black and white. We have to make sure to, to bring attention to those diversity characters. And I think the market is demanding it. You look at Star Wars now. Star Wars is one of the first major franchises to take that initiative yeah. with, with Finn and Rey and having a female and an African-American yeah, as their well, two leads.
0: Yeah, and not to mention all the other characters that are just actually... Different races, different uh, from different planets, different different universes, different species. (laughs) Exactly. Hey, uh, let me let me take a quick break. I got to take another one because I have a lot of great sponsors. Liberty Tax, one of those. It's officially the close of tax season. I was just with all of the franchisees, over four thousand of them, in uh, Virginia Beach, talking to these guys. What a great folks they are from Liberty, and they're on board right here with all business. Liberty is the fastest growing retail tax preparation. Uh, Over four thousand offices across North America, and it's a great seasonal franchise too you know omar and i are talking about starting up a comic business but you can also start up a tax prep service business so if you are thinking about something like that hey make sure you look to liberty so when when i'm looking at the stuff that you're doing so you know and you say hey we're going to go add all this diversity we're going to add these other things that they're not doing which i think i think is just brilliant right what what so what are you doing what are your characters you know what are the main you know, franchises that you're building to kind of be like that, but then be different.
2: So what we have actually are a few different ones. We have, for example, uh, separators. Now, separators follows different groups from all around the world. Mm-hmm. And separators can is about these nine different elemental stones. And if you hold these stones, you can do anything you want with these powers. So if you have, for example, the water stone, you can take all of the water out of the ocean. Or if you have, for example, the light stone, you can heal people because all light is energy. All life is energy.
0: Do you pull some of these things then from some 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 mythical stories or religious stories or true life events?
2: Absolutely. I think yeah. you know we all try to find inspiration wherever we can and, and whatever kind of gravitates towards us. It was a story I always had kind of growing up in the back of my mind. This would be so cool to have. And what makes this story so unique is that it goes back into history and it takes place in our real world and it goes back and makes makes sense of historical you know mysteries so it explains the unexplained in a
0: way Mm-hmm. which is kind of but it also adds some of that um unsolved mystery that's still part of it which is it exactly. it, it could almost be true you know
2: exactly awesome. how,
0: so how do you so and you like that's separators then you i think you got what monomyth is another one
2: monomyth too yeah, yeah. so monomyth is is a religious story that is, what if uh, it's a it's a what if story? So it's what if Michael wasn't. Uh, what if Michael fell from from heaven instead of Lucifer? So to, so as a result, Adam and Eve never ate the apple. The whole place, the whole story takes place in the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. And it takes place that humans never know sin. They never know violence. And naturally, there's this kid who has angst. He's a teenager. He has a lot of pent up aggression, and he throws. He does the first act of violence in Eden, and he's about to get cast out, when who better than to, to protect against the coming of army of angels than Enoch? He's the he's the, he's the one who threw the first
0: punch. Mm, yeah. so,
2: so it's a it's a really fun story.
0: Wow. So um so, how do you decide what's a success when it comes to a, a
2: comic? Wow. Uh, that's a. A very loaded question. For me, a success was telling a successful story. It's to, For me, because I'm a writer as well, I look at the emotional points. If I'm able to invoke an emotional reaction, that's what stories are about. You mm. want to, at the end of it, make someone feel like the character's gone through a change. You want to make them feel like they've gotten better for it. You you learn, at the last minute, they decide not to do the thing that they were setting out to do if it was a revenge story. If, if it's a, uh, you know, there's, certain, there's a certain formula. It's why when you go to the movies... A lot of the endings are predictable, they're the same, but you know that, because, yeah. and that's what you want, because if you were going to go in and get a depressing ending, you'd leave the movie unsatisfied.
0: Yeah, I watch television, reality television, quite a bit, because I've done you know, Celebrity Apprentice and others, and there's a formula they follow. It's like, you know, two goods and a bad, and, yeah, and, and right away I can start to predict who the winners might be based on the way the formula is set up. And right, So then are you pretty much following those kinds of formulas as part of your model?
2: I mean, of course, I think any good writer has to adhere to those formulas. They have to do it in an exciting new way, but they have to do it in a way that you're definitely expecting, you're actually getting the result you want. You're not going to go out of it disappointed. You want to make sure everyone who's going to read your story is going to go, oh, wow, I that was amazing. I have to tell my friends about that.
0: Yeah, But when you say success, just besides a good story, and I like a good story like everybody else, but I also like making money. So how do you define success from a money perspective? Is it because it makes a profit or is it just it, it gra- grabs a great audience? So you've got a bigger audience, which you're investing on think, and later on you make money from it. I mean, what's it, what's the success? Yeah, I think
2: of? to me, it all kind of stems from the TV shows. That's where I yeah. think I want to build To me, it's not about the, the small, does this single issue make money? It's, it's more about does the, the brand as a whole will make money this yeah. is something that's going to be going to turn into a billion-dollar brand because I'm not thinking about you know $12 on a, on a or three dollars on a single issue I'm thinking about a billion dollar valuation down the line
0: so a bigger picture in terms of the franchise itself and then hopefully the platform but so what are the revenue sources that you have now um, when I look at it, you just mentioned the ultimate being a TV or probably a movie, right? I think those Correct. are probably the the most iconic examples of success. But there's got to be you've got what are they? The, the book? Is it an app? Is it subscriptions? What, what do you have?
2: So we have we're available through Comixology. So you can go into Comixology, which is the number one digital uh, comic book app. Mm-hmm. Um, we also are available. That's, like uh, the no, it, it, that's the
0: iTunes of comic books, right? I mean, that's the best way to describe is.
2: it. It is. It's available through iTunes. You can do everything mm-hmm. with Comixology. They, they're they the app that for everything you can get comic books is exactly like that. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is we are in uh, every single comic book store nationwide and worldwide. So it was, it was actually a really, it was a big trip for me to go into, I was on a vacation in London, I walk into a comic book yeah, store, and I cool. see my book just prominently displayed there, and I go, oh, wow. Like, <laughs> you know, I didn't know they, they even had it in London, and... And that's, there it is. I mean, that's freaking
0: cool. cool that's freaking cool, isn't it? I don't care who you are. That's just cool. It's <laughs> like when I'm on a United plane, or and then all of a sudden I'm watching somebody watch television, and they're watching one of my TV episodes, or they're reading my book next to me on the plane. Yeah, that's freaking cool. I don't care who you <laughs> I are. I love it. Yeah. So um, I, so I, then are you doing subscriptions then, too? Is it is? Are you doing any of that? No. You know,
2: subscriptions actually isn't something we haven't focused on, because mm-hmm. most comic book people pick up their stores, they go to a comic book store every Wednesday. So for people who don't know comic books, new every Wednesday is that the a day that they issues up? that come out. Is that right? That's so the day they still, come
0: out. Still you still have a traditional what we call traditional publishing print model, right?
2: Oh uh, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's one of the, the biggest revenue sources and that's where we get the most fans from is from there. There's there's websites that donated and that's funny because there's famous famous like you can be for example Tom Cruise if you're gonna go back to the nineties. Yeah. Or you can be, you know but there's comic book famous, too, like Scott Snyder. He's one of the biggest comic book creators right now. He, mm-hmm. he wrote just did an, an epic run on Batman for about 50 issues. Wow. And there's different people that in the comic book industry, you can be a different level, and you can be well-known in the comic book industry, but not necessarily on the world stage.
0: Right. Now, you, uh, you're building some of that talent, too, right? I mean, I, I see, absolutely. like, PJ and Steve, Steve Wan, uh-huh. some of those names in, that have popped up that you've been able exactly. to get, right?
2: No, absolutely. We've worked with, with Kyle Higgins now, who's... uh. Do you just uh, been hired by Boom to write the Power Rangers series. I think issue three just came out. I think two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And then Brian Bucciolato, who's writing Injustice, which is a DC comic books character, DC comic books video game. He's been writing the digital series. He just finished his run on uh, Detective Comics, which is uh, DC Comics namesake series. So we're, we're working with amazing talent and some amazing artists as well
0: i have to. I have a friend of mine. How, how does someone break in? This is a. This is a, actually a pretty good question. Oh wait, wait. I got. T- I got one more. One more. One more break, and then I want to get to this because I think this is a good idea. I am want to talk about how someone breaks into this. But I want to talk about emails for a second because I'm swamped by emails. I'm spending hours and hours sorting out what's important and what's not, until I found SaneBox, and I. I, I was so excited by this tool. I went out and got these guys as one of our partners because. I found this product by accident because I'm looking for a way that intelligently sorts through my emails so I can deal with the most important ones right away. It allows me to drop emails and train it over a couple of days and put them in a black box or into newsletters or into later. And and after about three days, it, it I'd wake up in the morning. I used to have 100, 200 emails, and now I have like 10 because it sorts them for me, and then I get to tag them. So if I want to reach Omar, for instance, and I don't think he's going to get back to me right away, I, I put in the BCC or the CC like one day at SaneBox or two hours or three hours or four o'clock, and it pops back up so I can bug him again. So the, it's a great way to be able to do it. So if you want a, a free trial of this for two weeks, it costs you like 20 bucks a month. I mean, they have like a lunch, lunch, dinner, supper, all-you-can-eat plan, something like that. But just go to www.sanebox.com. Dot com, S-A-N-E box.com forward slash and type my name, Hazlett, H-A-Y-Z-L-E-T-T, and give you a a, cup, a couple weeks free. Give, give it a shot. I love this tool. This is my favorite secret weapon.
1: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world. Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business. Brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts.
0: All right, so Omar, how does someone get into this? I I mean, how do they get your attention? Like, I got a buddy of mine who's in Amsterdam, and he's got he's got his own um, comic book he wants to do. And now I'm thinking I got to introduce him to you.
2: Yeah, I'd love to. You know, it's a really small community. And I can't tell you the amount of emails I get every oh, single sure. day, every single week, that people are saying, "I want to break into comics. Help yeah. me. I want. Can you? Will you hire me? I want to. I want to write comic books. I want to draw comic books. I want to do." And a lot of people come to me, and and I tell them, you know, if, if first of all, if they're very talented, I look at their work first thing. I see their portfolio, and I can say, "Okay, I need you. I'm going to say I want to work with you. Here's my next project. Let's go." If I have something in the pipeline, and I need an artist, I need a writer, I say, "That's it." A lot of it is networking. You want to have the right network of yep. people. You want to go out of your way and, and, and build a network more so than, hey, do you have any work? Hey, do you have any work? You want to have a, a personal connection with people and all throughout the comic book industry because everyone's human and, and the more you're, you're close with people, it's going to help you build a, a better network and help you down the line.
0: Oh, that's, so that's pretty cool. Something
2: that's, re- that's something that's really important. But the number one most important thing about comic books is to go do it. If you want to be a writer... Write an issue a day. Write an issue a week. Whatever it is, get in front of the computer every single day and write and practice and make it, get it done. And if you don't have an artist, I promise you you can go find one on DeviantArt or you can find one on, on one of, you know, several different websites, which will, you'll go talk to a million different people. Someone will work with you for free because they want to get, they want to break into. And this is what it takes is you have to create comic books. You have to continue to do them. And if it means, you know, if, if you have an amazing artist and you think this artist is well worth it, you can reach out to them and, and offer to pay them a page at a time and get it done that way. Make an issue. Make something happen, and that's the best way to break in. And, of course, you know, lastly, don't give up because a lot of people, I talked to so many people, and they said, oh, yeah, I tried it, but, you know, I, I didn't, I couldn't do it. It was too hard. It was, just, But persistence is key to everything. You have mm-hmm. to have persistence. If you don't have persistence, you're not going to break through. You know, you're know, you only failing until you succeed. That's the way I have to see things and that's the way I've, I've lived my life because there's, there's a certain point where if you don't give up, you're going to be successful. You just have to continue to push, continue to push, not listen to the people who tell you, oh, no, you don't know what you're talking about. You have to always take everything with a grain of salt and and most importantly, believe in yourself and never give up.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. And that's the, you know, those lessons um, exist not only for just the comic book industry for most things being what you want to do. It's kind of it's kind of fun to be able to see people make make it from this. Now, I want to know um, how much influence you actually have on how the stories turn out. Now, you're a publisher. So the publisher right. typically, you know, there's two ways a publisher works for those that don't know. One is you, you take care of all the business aspects of everything that's around it in terms of the finances, but meaning you're also the printer of the of the item, not that you print every single issue yourself, but you, you'll line up the, the commercial printer, um, who I probably know because I, s- I spent a lot of years in the commercial printing. But you, know, but you don't always have impact on the creative process, so I want to know if you do that.
2: It depends on the property. We have about over 20 properties right now. One of them that just came to me is Terminarch, which is actually in previews right now. And um, it's a really fun story. But Jordan came to me with a completed book with one of my artists that I worked with previously and said, hey, listen, I have an amazing artist. I have an amazingly cool story. I want you to publish it for me. And I said, well, let me see it. Let me take a look at it. What's it about? I went through the whole pitch. And I loved it. And I had no creative input on it and that was that i went through it and and i had no no creative i thought it was an amazing story and we published it but there's other books like sons of the devil and, and when the idea first came to the came to inception i sat with brian and it was brian's baby but i sat with him and i said okay cool what's the story about like where's it going What's it going to end you know and, and we discussed everything from the beginning so some of the stuff i did have input on, and some of the stuff i think it just kind of came already finished or so this is a story like uh yeah, it's just cool stuff like that. It just depends on the property. We have so many different intellectual properties at this point. I think we're about over twenty in a in a five-year period. So, well,
0: it's just fabulous and to be able to see and so and so out of the twenty, you've got to just give me a number of the ones that you derive most of your revenue from versus the other ones.
2: Well, you know, I think if I look at it as a whole, I think there was about two or three of them that were probably the most successful. Mm-hmm. And I think there's going to be some that are even going to surpass those coming up. We have some amazingly talented people I'm working with that we, we haven't been able to announce yet, but we're going to be, uh, hopefully in the next six months or so, be announcing some some really big news and some big projects. So
0: do you and are they all serial in terms that they're all continuing, or, or do some of these really do have a life where they end?
2: Oh, you know, my goal with everything in comic books is to have an ending. And it's crazy because a lot of stuff like Batman, a lot of stuff like Spider-Man, they're ongoing. You look at The Walking Dead, Batman, Spider-Man, they're now, why, why ongoing would you, right now.
0: Why would you want that to end, Omar?
2: Because to me, there's an emotional reaction when it ends. And a lot of people, it's very ambitious for a lot of people to go and create an ongoing book. Because people don't understand that that's, it's not a one-time thing. It's not... It's an every month thing. It's con- it's convincing an artist to stay on this book for the life of it. Yeah. And if you're looking at something, for example, like sinoglyphs uh, or separators, which we've done, I originally intended for that that book to be sixty issues. And I thought, okay, I'm going to work on it for five years, and it's going to be done, and then I'll have something to put on my shelf. And that'll be a, a you know a sixty issue series is is a long time, five years on the same book. And we got, I think, to about issue 13, 14, and we're about two years in already. And I go, "Wow, this whole thing is going to take two years for me to complete." Yeah. And at that point, it just becomes—it's a—it's a definitely overwhelming amount of energy that you have to put into it to get it onto a continuing basis.
0: Well, but a way, couple, but a, a couple of those I would think would be worth it. I mean, when you think about the big ones like Batman, Spider-Man, you know, and the, and the like. You know, those are those have a life of their own. But you know, at the same time, I'm listening to you from the creative process, and I think, well, Sopranos ended. You know, Seinfeld ended. You know, when you think about TV shows or you know other properties, and and by the way, some I go back into the fifties. Some book series, Roy Rogers, you know, um, and um, Zane Gray series of books, uh, Nancy Nancy Drew series, the Hardy Boys. I mean, you can go all the way back. Of These course. are probably books you don't even freaking know the names of. No, I
2: used to read those growing <laughs> up. I know exactly what you're talking yeah.
0: about. But you know, but they all had a life and they ended, and you know, and exactly. and no one died, and a new one came and replaced it. So. So, it really becomes a question of how much can you you build it, the investment that you put in, and then the return that you get back on that investment, so in building out the franchise.
2: Hmm. Exactly. I think that's the most important thing, and and my goal is to really create an amazing brand for the future. Yeah. You know it's it's not about selling you know two thousand issues or twenty thousand issues or three hundred thousand issues. It's not about that. It's about getting a brand out there, creating characters. That are real, that have real human emotions, that are that are able to draw emotions from people. And, you know, and but, I think that's the. And
0: I think I'm going to interrupt you, because when I hear that, I almost think, well, that's bullshit. Come on. And the reason I'm I'm, I'm being hard on you is because, man, you got to be checking the numbers. You got to be looking. Did we sell more last week than we did? You know, what's this Wednesday's numbers? I bet you. I bet you Thursday morning you look at the numbers.
2: <laughs> so I'll tell you, <laughs> it's funny, and I'll explain to you why the comic book industry is broken from a publishing perspective. Every single major publisher, DC, Marvel, with the exception of Image, Image is going to get a pass for me. They all go and renumber their main books. And what I mean by that is Batman, you know, world's biggest superhero, one of the most recognizable symbols on the planet, just got renumbered to number one last week. And wait, so you're telling me the main Batman comic book got renumbered to number one? Absolutely, because it's a marketing game where yeah. people want to be pick up the new number one. Yep. It because, and it happens. They just relaunched the number one in 2011. Yeah, but, I, but I'm and talking about
0: like, the, n- the numbers. Like, you, you have to be looking at how many did we sell uh, through on Wednesday and, uh, versus the uh, last Wednesday, right? Don't you
2: look absolutely. at that? Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm telling you, the, com- the way the comic book industry works is there's always a natural decline on each number. So starting at number one, you're going to have the biggest order. So you have to do the biggest marketing push, everything for number one, and then it slowly declines after that. Issue number two sells a little bit less. Issue mm-hmm. number three sells less than that. And it's because the retailers are ordering, and they know people will give anything a try at number one, and each issue after that, you'll lose another reader. You'll really? Lose another See, order. I would
0: think that they would build over time.
2: That's it interesting. doesn't work that way in the comic mm-hmm. world because of the major publishers that know the secret that if you put out a new number one, that's gonna get the most attention. So you wanna always have a very impactful first issue. You want the, the financials of the first issue to always be best. For example, uh, I'm trying to think of one of our books we put out had, I think, twenty five thousand issues sold. And that was a big deal. Because in comic book most most things are around three to four thousand. Yeah.
0: Oh well, that's interesting. And
2: if you And so it's the market for it on a publishing aspect is very small. It's not uh, that's why the, all the value comes later on, for for TV shows, for for movies, and all that. All the collectibles so and the be... other
0: pieces that, the other licensing that you get from it.
2: Exactly, and if you're able to take that and do it into a uh, into a TV show, it adds value to the books as well. The books, if you, for example, get a, a book that's licensed, or you get able to get a TV show picked up, like Walking Dead, for example, Walking issue Walking Dead issue number one, which was originally I think a, a five thousand issue print run it sells for about a thousand dollars now when you bought it it was three dollars so if yeah. you look at that return on investment pretty it's, good you know <laughs> pretty it's good. pretty dang good yeah. and but that's the risk you take with comic books you can say okay i'm going to take care of it i'm going to put it away and this is going to become a collector's thing that'll hit when it hits
0: well, let me ask you Can one last you want- question. Let me ask you one last question because I, I I could keep going, and I unfortunately i promised all the listeners that we try to keep it at a certain time, uh, so you keep keep you coming back. I always try to do it in the length of when you'd work out or or go for a walk, and, uh, and we're getting over it because I get so excited about wanting to learn more, because I'm learning a lot here. So what what's what's the what's you think is going to be your business biggest success this next year? Oh
2: wow, and uh, we have uh we have a few new books that we're announcing. Uh, so I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it yet because the announcements haven't come out yet. Yeah. Um, but we do have some amazing new projects on the horizon, and we're going to be hopefully doubling and tripling our, our business growth in the next year or so.
0: All right. So that's what we'll do. That's what we're going to be looking for, the new announcements, whatever those are. Uh, we want to be checking in with Awesome. It's O S S O S S M O S. S M. That's right. Awesome comics. So check it. in. I want to make sure I didn't throw an extra S in there. So, uh, Omar, it's been a pleasure. I thank you, man.
2: It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me on the show, and uh, I really appreciate it. You got it.
1: Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world, Jeffrey Hazlett hosts all business, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts.
0: Hey, after the end of every show, I like to talk about what did I learn? Hey, you know what I learned? I thought more and more about this, and I learned a couple different things. First of all, I'm not a comic book guy, as you well know, but I learned a little bit out of this one and the numbers and what drives things. And sometimes you need a product like a real published comic in order to drive the other things that you want to build as the brand and really what it's about is how can you build a successful franchise that is a brand a brand is a promise delivered so what can you do to build the franchise and sometimes you got to give some of those things away or lose a little bit of money on it in order to gain the big things like the television the movie so these guys published not more than you know 20 30,000 and you know the week of each issue, but that gets the other thing going that are into the hundreds of thousands or millions and hopefully billions of dollars, which you've seen some of the franchise develop. So, hey, that's what I learned. And uh, so how can you apply that to your business? That's what you want to be thinking. And speaking of business and all business do me a favor recommend this to somebody and your friends get them to download subscribe to this this is how i get listeners is by you telling other people it's word of mouth and i love you and i appreciate it and i thank you very much for being right here on all business whichever is on play.it and itunes